When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Everyone shut up. Hold it, hold it in, we'll get there. <laughs> Hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally deciding on the movie you were going to take home with you. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your house, but there was something truly special about making that trip as a child, picking a movie out by hand, and saying, Hasta la vista, baby, to the blockbuster clerk on your way out. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte, and joining me as always, the only two people I want to be hanging out with when Skynet becomes aware and we are all instantly vaporized by nuclear weapons, AJ Vance, Sean Pryor, how the heck are you? Pretty great. Besides Good. our fate, yeah, is gonna come. I hope it happens during a podcast. I was, I was kind of hoping that too. I kind of thought about that when like getting ready for this, and I was like, oh man, it'd be so funny if we're just we're done and we're just dead. And we don't know it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All for all we know, we're still podcasting. Yeah. And AJ's still telling maybe, us something. Maybe yeah. that's what the afterlife is: is whatever you're doing when you die is what you do for eternity. Yeah. So then we'll just podcast forever. I think maybe that's we're great. in heaven right now. And our dreams. Did come true. We'll be the yeah. podcast. We'll be the podcast in your in your heaven. There we go. <laughs> Sounds like hell to me. All right. <laughs> we are so delighted to have you here with us today, listeners around the world. If you're new to the podcast, maybe a maybe a sweet man named Brent Chrysler sent you here from Two Bears One K <laughs> podcast. We are so glad to have you. Uh, you're at the beginning of an episode where we take a classic movie that you loved from childhood and give you every single bit of information you could ever need about the movie while dissecting it scene by scene. So stay tuned for all the fun. But before we get started, we'd like to tell you about a few fun ways to support this podcast. It'll be fun, I promise. It will be fun. Yeah, number one, we want reviews. We love reviews Super and subscriptions. Fun. It means an absolute lot to us, and we like to read them. We like to honor you, your efforts, by reading them on air. Yeah. So this is what we do. Reveal time! This is from uh, Sani632. He said, I'd give six stars if I could. All right. Or she. 
Sorry. I six, found, six, six, six times, huh? Six stars. Six stars. Huh? I found your show from a TikTok <laughs> on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It sucked me in, and I've been riding this fantastic wave of nostalgia ever since. I'm finally caught up on every episode, and I love each of them. It instantly brought me back to riding my Honda scooter to the video store, grabbing a movie, ordering a pizza, and simply loving life. Growing up in Indiana seems so similar to you guys and your upbringing. Keep it up and can't wait for RoboCop or Terminator 2. Oh. P.S. Do you remember Purple Drink? Good stuff. No, totes, bro. Yeah. Um, purple Drink all the, all day, yeah. son. Nobody actually liked Sunny D. That's the thing. Like, Purple Drink was purple the Purple Drink was definitely yeah, I'd rather have Purple Drink. Running in from a hot afternoon after <laughs> yeah. trying to catch your dog. Just pure sugar. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, dude... Totally had a Honda scooter. Uh, my brother, my brother Ray had a Honda scooter. It got like kind of passed around, and people would, you know, take it without asking all the time. And I'm sure that me or my brother Bob definitely took it to uh, Adventureland Video yes. or Family Video or something. Did you have a same safety, exact? Did you have way. a safety flag on the back? Oh yeah. Okay, just making sure. I I, I distinctly about you. remember laying the thing down because instead of just simply putting my legs through the scooter, I tried to go over like it was a bike, <laughs> uh-huh. and I knocked the whole thing over. Never got to That's ride That's what that again. little gap's for. You just yep. put your leg through it. Yep, didn't put that together. Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> All right, so way number two to support God, us. Man. <laughs> we do have a voicemail. You can call us at 319-804-9596. We like hearing funny messages, kind words. Well, you can even badmouth us. We don't care. Mm. And in turn, we get to play you on the air. Yeah, so we'll like, Yeah, so like, check this one out. All right, so I just found your podcast while I was at home just doing laundry and whatnot, and you cover a lot of films that were a part of my childhood, like Heavyweights, and I feel like there was three critical things you forgot when reviewing this podcast. The first one was the buddy system. Mm. Buddy! Come on, you got to get <laughs> we on We didn't talk about that. Second was shaving the balloons. That's how I learned how to shave. <laughs> and then another thing was uh, the scene where they blindfolded Tony and, you know, they made a moon and all that. That was pretty funny. But uh, other than that, I've listened to a couple episodes. Great podcast. One film that I would suggest that falls into this realm of just kind of like replayability, those random movies that not a lot of people know about, but uh, Leave it to Beaver, uh, the 90s version, and mm-hmm. as well as Star Kid. Like movies oh, that come out on the Disney Channel. Other than that, you gained a new fan out of the show. This is uh, Rito at Rito's Modern Life on all social media platforms. And yeah, remember to use the buddy system. Hell Buddy! yeah, Rito. Will do. Buddy! Star Kid? Star yeah, Kid. Yeah, I know. That kind of, that, that's a blast from the past right there. I haven't thought about that in a long the, time. The, the, how he eats food in that movie is like, <laughs> sticks with me forever. It's just, it just, the he, nugget? Yeah, he eats like the whole burger and it becomes like just like this little ball that he consumes. <laughs> yeah. It's, we got to cover that it, movie. It looks right. like a massive mini corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what the voicemail is for. You tell us stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. thanks, last, Rito. Yeah, last but not least, one final way to t- uh, support us and all our efforts here. We got a Patreon. Love it if you'd go on there and check it out. We got amazing perks. Uh, we're voting on upcoming movies mm-hmm. and on the top tier. In fact, right now we've got a Halloween movie you vote bet. that's going on. Ernest, go- Ernest Scared Stupid is it currently edging out, uh, let's see, Tremors and Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. So you've got a couple more weeks to vote for that. If you want to be involved in these votes, we're going to keep doing this. Uh, and we also, there's like eight hours of extra audio. You can go check that out. Super interested to see if Nightmare on Elm Street can pull through. We're going to find that's, out. That 
be really fun. I think Although, Sean has been signing up Patreon accounts just to get that <laughs> up there. I think I was going to say, somebody's b- pumping these numbers. Huh? <laughs> so, someone's sandbagging over here. Come on, guys. I need some earnings scared stupid. Okay. I don't want to be too I, I would really love to review that too. So <laughs> it's uh, patreon.com slash confused breakfast. Here's a couple of our OG Patreon supporters Travis Hunziker, Brian Hernandez, Nick Fulkerson, Kale James, Senior Frog, Mr. and Mrs. Roommate, Greg Jackson, Jason Davis, Daniel Skaggs, Emilio Perez, Skylar Brunson, Jordan Hooten. So that's it. We're going to dive right in this movie, boys. Let's it's just go, time man. to go. Hard. On this episode, we're going to discuss one of the highest grossing R-rated movie films of all time. This movie was the first film to break $300 million at the international box office and won four out of six Oscars. A movie that blew the minds of everyone watching it for the first time for not only the special effects and action scenes, but also being one of only a few movies ever made where the sequel is arguably leagues better than the original. Mm, We're, of course, talking about 1991's Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yes! And for anybody looking to get a refresher on the movie quick, feel free to pause. Check out Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, I couldn't find it for free on anything, so uh, mm. I think you got to do that. you got to per- – you, un- you have to support the people that have made the movie and right. the art that you want. You have to buy it. Mm. Amazon Prime. Do Probably that. the only way. Go do it. Go buy it. Go, go get the Blu-ray somewhere because it's fun. There's yeah. fun interactive menus and stuff. I got so. the extended cut on Amazon for $4.99 rather than renting it. For three ninety nine, so wow, pretty good deal. Beautiful. Look at you. <laughs> well, before we dive into this whole movie, we're going to break it down scene by scene. Sean always starts a segment off helping us with the pertinent, important background info about the movie to get us started. What you got, man? Produced by James Cameron and Gail Ann Hurd. Written by James Cameron and William Wisher. Cinematography by Adam Greenberg. Special makeup effects by Stan Winston. Editing by Mark Goldblatt. Music by Brad Friedel. And directed by James Cameron. Cast. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Edward Furlong, Robert Patrick, Earl Bowen, and Joe Morton is kind of the most notable people in this movie. Talks of a sequel to the original Terminator began almost right after the film was released, although some circumstances made it difficult for the production to get off the ground. First were CGI limitations specifically for the T-1000 effects, but James Cameron's The Abyss was basically a proof of concept that could uh, that it could be done uh, the right way. There was a whole pr- uh, production lawsuit kind of thing, battle going on between two production companies. So Hemdale and Caralco, they both had uh, 50% of the rights, and so Caralco just bought them out to uh, gain the rest of the rights. Smart move. Yeah. Yeah, good job. You could say. <laughs> This was Edward Furlong's first film role. The casting director just found him off the street. <laughs> Literally just said, yeah. like, just was like, I think it was just walking one day. Like, like they found Mitch from... I was going to say, this, this was maybe a better score maybe. in the long run than yeah. Mitch. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just like one of those things. She just wanted the casting director had notes that uh, James Cameron just wanted like a, a regular kind of street looking dude. And so she found Edward Furlong and they uh, legitimately just gave him acting lessons, motorcycle lessons, and gave him like a rigorous workout. I thought he was great in this movie. <laughs> He's really good. <laughs> Billy Idol was James Cameron's first choice for the T-1000, but a motorcycle accident prevented him from taking on the role. What's with directors and wanting rock stars to <sighs> be in these movies? Yeah. Like I know Billy Idol was in Dune, 
Can, can I get a deep fake of Billy Idol as the T one thousand? Can I please the hair and the and the earring, yep. please? That'd be great. Denzel Washington turned down the role of Miles Dyson, stating that the role only consisted of the character being scared and sweaty, which is pretty much accurate as fuck. Yeah. Um, production began October 9th, nineteen ninety, and shot for one hundred and seventy one days until March twenty eighth, nineteen ninety one. The film shot in at least 20 different locations in and around California and New Mexico. Working with a budget of $102 million, this was the most expensive production to date, being 3.5 times the cost of a regular production at the time. Arnold was given an 11 to $12 million Gulfstream 3 business jet. <laughs> no problem. And 5 to $6 million was set aside for James Cameron's salary. The visual effects cost $5 million alone. It took 35 people and took 10 months to produce, yielding only a total of five minutes of CGI runtime in the whole two-hour wow. movie. Jesus. Given Arnold Schwarzenegger's U.S. $15 million salary and his total of 700 <laughs> words of dialogue, he was paid $21,429 per word. <laughs> Hasta la Vista Baby cost $85,716. Or $85,716. And so cool. here we go. The film was nominated for six Academy Awards, as Mike stated in the beginning, including Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, and one for Best Makeup, Best Sound, Best Sound Editing, and Best Visual Effects. Wow. And that's all I have for now. Well, this is the type of podcast where we are we are we are talking about nostalgically, but the whole idea is to to watch it again with a modern eye. But we can't really can't make that comparison unless we talk about what it was like the first time we saw this. So, AJ, I mean, do you remember the first time you saw this and and w what rating you would have had back then? I tried to I tried to really hard to think about the very first time I really saw this. Uh, I I really couldn't. So instead, I'm going to tell you that I actually got to um, rewatch a good portion of this with my dad. Uh, who I know had a hand in in showing me this movie in the first time, uh, and that was awesome. Us getting to kind of like you know watch and bond, and actually we're we're actually drinking a little bit of Cedar Ridge and stuff after after being there and CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we were sitting there and sitting and just kind of going back and forth and just kind of still in awe about these graphics. And I mean, thinking about it back as a kid, like I I, I think it speaks directly to that because I was so excited to watch it again. Um, this is definitely a movie that I think has to be a top five movie for me. Um, it's, it in, is for me in most most circles, you know. So that being said, I I really think that this movie was a nine point five. Wow! Damn. Yeah. Nine as a kid, five. okay. As a kid. Well, Sean, what about you, man? Yeah, man. Like I just said, it's it it's. Um I watched this movie all the all the goddamn time, and for a rated R movie, I really do believe that this movie should be seen like around for especially a, a boy around eleven or twelve years old, and I I just think that people like kids would I mean if you have good parents who parent good and tell you like this is all fake this is this is that but the the way that I love this movie so much it's a father figure kind of type movie yeah. as we'll get into but they released toys for this movie I have so yeah. many toys from this movie oh yeah it's kind of a weird yeah it's an R rated movie that you can't see but you want toys exactly right. and <laughs> right like, and, and I don't know I don't know how or why how they got you know uh, that past anybody like parents like, times are different now but yeah man like when I I, I used to watch this movie like literally every day along with the Michael Jackson uh, VHS tape of all of his music videos put together. Um, and so back then I'd have to say I was a nine 
for sure. Nine solid. Nine. Well, I, I don't know why I'm different than you guys. I, I'm more, I'm like a five because mm. I just, wow. I don't really think I like saw this movie all the way through until like maybe five or 10 years ago. Okay. And, right? Like okay. it just, for some reason, I think I would catch it on TV a couple years later and I would only see like the nuclear explosion scene yeah. <laughs> and like the motorcycle chases. Yeah. That was like all that I remembered about this movie until, until a recent rewatch, you know, as an adult. So this was just one of those movies I just never really saw as a kid. Wow. I don't know why. Maybe it was that it was the R rating, and so I didn't have the opportunity to see it until much later, and then I was like, eh, whatever, I don't like this movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just a five. I mean, man. it doesn't have any face ripping like uh, the first one does. No. So. Is it fa- eye, eye gouging? Yes, we don't want that. Face ripping is poltergeist. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Easy to misconstrue the two. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually... <laughs> Speaking of, well, actually, here comes well. AJ's segment. Uh, before we do that deep dive, we'd like to know what the critics, the the critics were saying. So, so we AJ hooks us up with reviews, uh, talks about what fans and critics alike had to say about the movie. Let's let's go, man. You better get excited. In three, two, one, the, the tomato, tomato meter. meter. That's right. Because this is a big one. Oh. I'm just lying. It's actually super low. It's 93% on the tomato meter. Critical review is certified fresh, 93%. Um, 94% for audience reviews. So literally right in the same pocket, but audiences liked it just a scoosh better. Scooch. Just a scoosh. Yes. Uh, 8.5 on IMDb, and this is a 75 for Metascore. So let's get a couple of the criticals going here, okay? So how many many movies do we have in total now that have reached past seven? Oh, not many, dude. I think three. That's like the third one. We'll analyze that on the Patreon. Just so people want to know, it is our one-year anniversary of this podcast. How about that? And our Patreon, we're going to talk all about what's, what's happened. So we'll analyze those details a little bit more. Okay. Subscribe to our Patreon at Cedar Ridge. Yeah, that's whiskey. Cedar Whiskey. Okay. Let's do the Los Angeles Times. You got to call for those hometown heroes. Um, this is a 100 out of 100. Wow. Uh, Kenneth Turin of Los Angeles Times. More elaborate than the original, but just as shrewdly put together, it cleverly combines the most successful elements of its predecessor with a number of new twists. Uh, would you believe a kinder, gentler Terminator? Uh, to produce one hell of a wild ride, a twilight of the gods that takes no prisoners and leaves audiences desperate for mercy. That's beautiful. I thought that was a really well-written one. I, so my, that was like one of my favorite reviews yeah. from a critic in a long time. That's great. Um, now, we also have the bad. This is uh, from the New Republic. Stanley Kaufman gave it a 30 out of 100. Okay. Uh, the surprise <laughs> is that a picture made to be exciting for 136 minutes is so unexciting most of the time. It starts with a bang and keeps banging, so there's little suspense and no crescendo. So a movie that a movie that has that doesn't have anything going for it, no matter what, uh-huh. and then he says, from minute to minute, it is a banger. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just wanted to make sure we understood that. Yep, you guys got it. Continue. Yep, okay. yep you got it. You got it. Um, let's uh, let's do some let's do some audience reviews here. Okay, uh, this is a one out of ten. Whoa! Uh, I know. I they, can't. I, I can't fucking believe. Uh, oh, dude, no, they you're exist. not. 
it's yeah, you, you, yeah. I will still be shocked till the day that this podcast ends or I die. You know, you know who I hate the most? <laughs> I hate God the most. <laughs> one out of ten. <laughs> one out of ten. God. <laughs> I, I sneezed yesterday. This is I bullshit. Hate you. <laughs> no crescendo. Uh, all right, this is this is one out of ten rubbish in 2019. That's a British person for sure. Yeah, you're right. Um, I fucking hope so, man. It has to. Be. I'll be very angry if it's not. What a steaming pile of dog manure, mindless, boring, noisy assault and battery of the senses, all to tell a cliche, clitched, cliched <laughs> storyline, <laughs> no imagination, just an endless barrage of action scenes meant to entertain mindless morons, judging by the reviews, a lot of people fell for it, so pathetic, it kind of makes me lose faith in humanity, mindless trash. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Good job, man. <laughs> so, your face turning red. Not is bad, right? <laughs> oh, <sighs> that whole sentence, that a sentence, quote unquote, had a red line under it the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> the red dotted line that you know. Stop, it's a run-on stop, sentence. stop, stop. <laughs> a run-on nonsense has the audacity to call a movie the worst movie when they can't even finish their own sentence. So, you know, whatever, I guess. Another one out of ten. I decided not to go for like the super high ones. Every every single like yes. high one, ten out of ten, nine out of ten. Greatest movie. I love this yeah. movie. Uh, Amazing special effects. I made Watched out with it. my girlfriend after this movie. Watched it fifteen years later, and I still made out with my girlfriend. Oh yeah, you know. And so yeah, so well, you was. should probably put a ring on it, fellow. Yeah. So. I wish Arnold was my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Is that uh, not in the review? Okay. Uh, one out of ten. Dull. I like the first Dull. one. I like the first one, but this one was meh. John O'Connor, I just wanted to the Terminator to turn around and say, you know what? I had a thought that instead of not killing anyone, I've changed my mind and you are first. <laughs> he was so annoying. <laughs> he calls him John O'Connor. O'Connor. I was gonna say <laughs> I don't think that was you. I think that was probably the review. <laughs> Brian O'Connor. John O'Connor. <laughs> Uh, so we got a lot of run-on sentences here, boys. All right, I'm going to give you one that's actually, like, uh, coherent. Uh, one out of ten. Nothing likable about this movie at all. It's hard to find nothing to like about a movie, but there's nothing good about this one. The first movie was bad enough, and it served as an excuse for bullies to try to invite people over and try to force them to watch it. What? I'm, that's a really bad take. That, that seems very personal. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a long con. I'm going to make friends with this kid to make him watch Terminator 2. I'm not sure what they get or what they get out of it. I just know they do it. The films are horribly written. <laughs> it's probably happening right now. Sorry. The, the films are horribly written movies about machines coming back from the future to destroy a guy who is supposed to be all that and a box of Cracker Jacks. <laughs> he isn't. In this movie, he's a brat to beat all brats, even for a kid. You just hope he gets killed and the movie ends. None of the characters are likable. The idea of time travel to change the future could be done better than in this movie series by a two-year-old kid. There's a lot of noise that passes for action, and the action is shot in such a way that you don't really know what's going on. This is how not to make a movie. Too bad you can't vote negative numbers for junk like this. If you haven't seen it, believe me, you aren't missing a thing. If you're thinking about watching Terminator 2 for the first time, don't watch it. Let me save you the trouble. <laughs> I hate people. Uh, 
right, boys. Well, I got to tell you uh, what our sponsor, Cedar Ridge Whiskey, did for me a couple weeks ago. They recently started doing a single barrel collection series where the head distiller, our buddy Murphy Quint, he hand selects a unique barrel that he thinks is truly something special, something different than the rest of them. And then they release that limited quantity uh, via a lottery system. So it's like impossible to get your hands on one of these, but... They hooked me up with one. Oh. And no, for real, I'm not going to lie to you. It's honestly one of the best tasting whiskeys I've ever had. It is a bourbon. It's 121.6 proof. So they don't they do not do any watering down. Just That's straight out like of the barrel. Straight up bulletproof. Straight wow. out of the barrel. It's super smooth going in, but it's like really, really warm, burning, and it lingers for a long mm. time in my chest, which is what I really, truly love about whiskey. Uh, and Cedar Ridge nailed it with this single barrel collection. They're going to be doing releases like this every couple months. In fact, the second one just came out uh, where they did a lottery. So make sure you check them out at cedarridgewhiskey.com. Follow them on all their socials. You'll find out about how you can end or upcoming lotteries and you can just order some for yourself to be delivered right to your door you can't get those single barrel collections but uh you can get some of their delicious bourbon their slipknot collabs uh, all all that stuff so trust us honestly this is the best whiskey you'll ever find and we are absolutely grateful that they're a proud sponsor of the confused breakfast podcast enjoy responsibly and check them out at cedarridgewhiskey.com 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 Hey, it's Murphy Quint, head distiller at Cedar Ridge Distillery. You know why Cedar Ridge whiskey tastes so good? It's because we listen to the Confused Breakfast podcast while we make it. All right, now back to the show. Well, my dudes, what do you say we jump on the back of our motorcycle, disobey our dick foster parents, blast some guns and roses, and head out to save the world with our very own pet robot? Here we go. It is the year 2029 in the midst of a post-apocalyptic war between humans and computers. Coming up. Skynet sends a new Terminator to the T-1000 back in time to kill John Connor. The Resistance sends a reprogrammed T-800 back in time to stop the T-1000. We first meet the T-800 as he arrives in the past and disrupts a biker bar for clothes to begin searching for John Connor. The T-1000 arrives, kills a police officer, and assumes his identity and begins tracking John Connor. I don't remember the like the playground, children playing, uh, traffic intro at the beginning at all. Dude. I'm pretty. Uh, this actually might have been like a VHS rip that we had, Where and it just it. didn't have that scene. It started in it. at the at the title credits. Yeah, started like at the the, the machine war. Well, did you notice? So that I, I read this somewhere. So Cameron shows the playground three times in that intro scene. Uh, once during the normal day, then there's the flash that we'll see later. Next, covered in apocalyptic ashes, mm-hmm. it's the same playground, and then completely on fire. And so, like, this guy was trying to say this was meant to symbolize, like, heaven, hell, and purgatory in a, in a weird little way. And yeah. I kind of like that. But, man, and then that same sequence when they are on fire, those four horses on fire, yep. Yep. Yeah. Like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. That, I mean, like, unbelievable. This movie's trash. It had me right from the start. I mean, yeah. this, we're talking about intros. What a move. Like, so many movies just go right in. They're like, Oh, here's the movie, but hold on real quick. We're going to do these credits, and then we'll talk about it. Right. This is like completely draws you in in every possible way, 
and then says, okay, now we'll play the credits. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, during the credits, it's visually stunning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, unbelievable. The skull stomp. Oh, if you start a movie dude. off with a skull stomp, Molly fucking jumped. metal as fuck, dude. Dude. Uh. All those machines, actually animatronic yep. machines, like... That's badass. All Stan yes. Winston creations, man. Yeah. Like, and, and a lot of it's a lot of those are miniatures. It was real, yeah. It wasn't CGI or anything. Everything, almost everything, except like the laser beams in that scene were practical, yeah. right? And it looks fantastic. Compared, that was like one of the biggest gripes of rewatching the first Terminator was like, oh, some of this is kind of yeah, yeah, this isn't that great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, this one they nailed those yeah. scenes. I, I wish James Cameron did one of the movies that like took us to like the apocalypse right. of that, but still did practical because that I'll, I'll talk about it throughout this entire episode. But the means of doing practical with CGI, just like Jurassic Park, um, you have to have that because CGI to human eyes is is off. Mm-hmm. But if you see like a practical like cardboard like paper mache mask, let's say, it somehow is more tangible than right. an, a, a computer effect. Like it's it's the uncanny valley, and that's what our eyes like to see. At least mine, anyway. Like yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you guys agree, but all of those things are handmade and in camera, and it, it just it looks incredible. It they, looks real. They stand the test of time. More. How how often do you did you watch a movie? 10 years ago where the CGI, you're like, wow, the CGI, unbelievable. Right. And then two years later, it looks like trash Yeah, exactly. because it will, it will consistently continue to get better and better and better, making everything look old. But if it's right. a real thing, right. then it's fucking real. Right. Totally. Yeah, and this movie, the majority, there was only like two or three moments in this movie where I will, oh, oh, there they go. There, yeah. I, I saw something. Yep. Otherwise, it's completely gorgeous still yeah. to this day. Yep. The score is dope as fuck. Yes. By uh, Brad Friedel, like the dun 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 dun. It's so iconic. Like I, I remember working and at FedEx and like receiving packages and everything like that. And someone at the top of uh, like the, the sorter or whatever had like a metal like a door to hang like just to, for their perch or whatever. And they would do that every time there was a huge order coming. And so it'd be like, oh, oh fucking Doomsday is coming. You know, Skynet's live right now, Skynet. pretty much. Judgment Day. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it does. It the minute you start hearing that, it pumps you up. Yeah, it's very. It's it has a futuristic sound to mm-hmm. it, yeah. but yet like a tribal mm-hmm. a- yeah. element to it. It's almost like there's aspects that are like off or like syncopated throughout there. And you're like, whoa, wait, wait a second. It's like yeah. it's almost very like video gamey. In some aspects. I had to count it in my head. It yeah. sounded like an odd time signature. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's just kind of weirdly syncopated. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. It's like, instead of, if they're not really on, it's like they didn't use a computer to, to uh, line sync, it all up. To line it all up. Yeah. So like, like, like we all do nowadays, you know, auto-tune and right. all that stuff. They didn't do that back then. <laughs> right. It's just, it's just like, I was listening, I was like, well, that's kind of catching me off guard, but I still love it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Still it just shows that the music. future is imperfect. Yes, right. <laughs> There's no fate. Great. Okay, that was Four a great horsemen. episode, guys. <laughs> uh, so we get to the truck stop bar or the tr- biker bar. The biker bar, but okay. I know truckers are gross, but what are you, what are you talking about? That dude? is a lot of trash. Like just flying about. <laughs> yeah. Like there's and and there's even newspapers. I know truckers don't read. I'm a trucker myself. <laughs> they don't read the newspaper. I know that there's just shit everywhere. And I know like they're like I'm like I'm saying like they clean up after themselves. They do that. 
but it's still super cool. This whole effect that like it burns like like a portion a, of the truck it burns everything out. It's of a it. sphere almost, yeah. but you don't see it. But that's what it implied. That was I had never had seen that. That's amazing. It, it even dips down into the concrete, yeah. cuts away that, and cuts out the semi. And then all I could think of was like that semi driver is going to come back and be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. is How the." F- <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be so disturbed. Like, who the who did this? <laughs> who the how am I gonna no. describe this to my supervisor? He's like, well, were you around the truck? And like, how's that conversation go? You know, it's is like, this all your trash? Yeah. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's like, so you mean to tell me not only did you just have a you got a littering citation? But also, you you got the truck damaged. That's hey, I got it back, didn't I? I we got, didn't, we didn't need that portion anyway. That's right. But that's that's what I love most about like, our conversations. Like people gloss right over that, but AJ's here. Like, what about the truck driver? He's liable for that, though. Dude. First of all, he sees someone. He sees multiple people get fucked up in this bar. Probably. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. What? A, that must be that truck driver's fucking weirdest night of his life. He just like he was one of the guys like in the back, and he was just like, I just stopped here for a beer. I was just trying to unwind, and now all of I just. A sudden, I some just watched some naked, <laughs> naked baller just <laughs> come through, wreck the whole bar, steal another guy's clothes, and then he and then I come out and my fucking truck has just got the ass end taken off. I, I it still know. it still blows my mind in these type of movies that if I'm putting this in a real life perspective, I'm hanging out at the bar. I'm that truck driver. <laughs> this dude walks in naked. He's he's six six, like just jacked to doesn't say a word. Yeah, he. Proceeds to beat up like three or four guys, including throwing one guy onto a hot grill, yeah. including putting like something like a pool stick through Pe- them. Pegs him with with what appears to be a bayonet. Yes. <laughs> it, like oh, yeah. when he walked in, I would have already been out of there. Yeah, but yeah. but there are still people at this point that are willing to be like, I'll take my chances with him. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what? It's like it's like even Stallone in uh, uh, Over the Top too. Yes. It's just like, no, I'm not arm wrestling you. Look at your fucking pythons. Yeah, dude. no. Like there's th- no common sense there. No, absolutely not. I know when a naked guy walks <laughs> yeah. in the bar, it's never good. <laughs> He's either gonna try to fuck me or fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> right. We gotta fix this. That's right. And if anybody's getting fucked, <laughs> that's clearly good. one of those waitresses. Not gonna be they me. Are interested. That's right. Oh. Dude, I, oh. I, I wish I wish I could walk into. <laughs> they tell you, oh, <laughs> she comes oh. around the corner like rock. I was like, yeah, this is kind of a normal night. Oh, <laughs> no, it's Might not. I get off at ten. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. I could watch, walk into Target and look at a mannequin just like the way that Arnold Schwarzenegger looks at that guy with all that leather on. You yeah. know? And it's like, okay, that's my size. That's my size. That's my style. I'm going to need all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need all that. Yeah. There, there are a few moments that made me in this movie overall that made me just go, and one of them was the bad to the bone. Like playing bad to the bone. I was just like, we didn't know. We didn't have to play this song. It, it would have been better if, like, he threw a guy into the jukebox or something, and yeah. the jukebox started. Yeah. And then he like went back for the sunglasses. <clears throat> I was like, uh, you're a robot. You don't need sunglasses. Don't need <laughs> okay, whatever. So that was just a. It was such a badass intro. And then I was like, oh, yeah, cool. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. It does need sunglasses because that his red eyes will will probably light up at night, like a oh. little bit, maybe. Oh, you just know? a tiny little bit. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, I hear you. Uh, I did. I did. I did see. I like, read a quick story about this whole thing. So while they were shooting this scene, um, a, a random lady got through all production security and everything like that, and like went up to this bar and thought it was a real bar. <laughs> 
and walked in and saw Arnold Schwarzenegger in his boxers and was just like, what is going on? And I thought it was like a strip tease kind of thing. Oh, my God. This is real. I just can't imagine how drunk she was already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I I mean, I know that like they shot for a long time, like during the day, probably like 12 to 13 hours or something like that. Yeah. But I can just imagine being like... I go coming in. This is my favorite bar. This is my favorite bar. I, this, <laughs> I've, I've never been, been here. I've been. been <laughs> this, this, is my, this is my stool. You get out of my stool. Where's, 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 is you, I, can, I get, can, can you give me just whiskey, just whiskey and, um, and a drink and, and straw? And straw, please. <laughs> and straw. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey. Oh, hey. Is it, is, hey. It is it late as night tonight? Yeah, yeah, it is. You look good. Yeah, <laughs> get, get out, get, <laughs> and then, get out of my movie. <laughs> and then another weird, another weird thing about that same exact night. That was the night of the Rodney King beating. That's right. And it was right like across the street yeah. from where oh they were filming this bar. God. What? That's why it was directed by James Cameron. Yeah. So. Okay. Insanity. <laughs> that's just a little piece of trivia for you because that's just Jesus. a very weird, nobody really knew what what the scale of that was going to be in the long run, right. but that's, it happened like right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as we're, as we're moving through this part of it, I am probably going to play this, this advocate role for two things throughout this episode. Number one, reminding people of the idea of how this movie first came out and people's expectation of who was a good guy, who was a bad guy. People didn't know. Mm -hmm. You have to remember that. Like people didn't know what to expect because in the first one, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a bad guy. Yes. Very bad guy. People had no idea what was going to be going on in this one. They promoted it that way and they, they wanted it to be, uh, they, they didn't want you to know how, how it was going to play out uh, until kind of it got really close, I think, uh, until you saw it. And then the other thing uh, I'm going to advocate for here is is how insanely impeccable both Arnold Schwarzenegger and Robert Patrick are at playing a robot. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Okay. And and the detail, the level of detail that went into their performances as robots as we get into that, mm-hmm. okay? As we move through. I'll try to just pepper it in throughout our conversation. So off of, off of what you're saying, then, the end of this scene is then we, we're assuming Arnold is a bad, is the bad Terminator. Right. So then we're seeing the T-1000, which mm-hmm. we don't know what the T-1000 C- is. We're assuming Robert Patrick is the good guy here. We, we have to think he's we like... We have to think he's... he's some- he, he, yeah. yeah, maybe, or they're both out to get him. Yeah, you know? right. Something like that. I don't even know what I thought at when I first saw this movie. I, it was probably just like I know I love Arnold Schwarzenegger, so I'm like he's always the bit, always the good guy. Yeah, you know, because I probably saw this before. You the probably first did. One. I, I yeah. think I probably did too. I mean, it came out in 1991. I probably saw it around when I was five or six, to be honest. So maybe just a few years later. Yeah. That's one of the things I I don't know if it must have been in reference to like the first one. But like when James Cameron and Schwarzenegger sat down on this movie, Schwarzenegger was like, no, like he has to be able to like he's a robot. He knows how to reload a gun without looking. He knows how to like look and aim. He knows how to move. He knows how to drive. And then throughout this process, Cameron's just like, you're going to be the Terminator. Yeah, (laughs) you're going to be him. He's like, no, I want I'm a good guy. Then, I'm, nope, I'm a good not. guy, and, and he was supposed to be like his dad or something like <laughs> oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so now, then it gets flipped like, nope, you're going to be the Terminator because you know how to play him. Well, and I, I was watching, on piggybacking on that point, too, is like I was watching him throughout the movie and like even doing like just minimal stunts, like even just like busting through a wall or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's still stoic right. like the entire time. Correct. Like, his, like I was trying to look as at every scene and just see like what – 
scene was like his mouth just a little bit agape, mm-hmm. you know, just like breathing pretty much. And there's very little of that. It's just like right. he's straight faced the entire time, just like Robert Patrick. Yeah. Moving to Robert Patrick, it wasn't so obvious to me as a kid, but it was rewatching again now because Robert Patrick is a cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is is what the identity he takes on. He well, he, that's the first one he sees. It's the first person he sees. Just so happens to be he, the most perfectly sized human possibly for Robert Patrick. <laughs> Absolutely. In the same area. Hey, all right. All right. <laughs> and also, you had to sneak up on him when he's a very powerful robot. That's yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> Continue with your story, AJ. So, like, strike one, <laughs> Strike one, damn it. Okay. Um, Wait to hear my rating at the end, okay. boys. Oh, man. So. So he gives him, and then, like, honestly, the first thought to me was, like, so did he take his clothes, or did he just, like, oh, melt his shit. clothes? He kept his own face, but then he took on the cop clothes, the uh, cop clothes identity. Yes. And he, and that's what he walked around as. So he just, like, melded his clothes, right? And then he goes and becomes a cop. Hmm. So anyways, what I'm getting at is, like, I love, like, this juxtaposition is, like, like uh, and they they if thinking about it they keep playing on the idea a cop is a good guy right yeah like that's th- in, very in, true in the thought I, in the thought process well cops should be a good guy and and so then uh, bikers generally a bad guy yeah and you going around I mean? asking information about people yeah. people usually yeah. are like either coerced or just want to give information to an authority figure correct correct so like that was always what i thought or i was thinking back i was like that's that's an interesting play in this and again keeping the idea of like oh he he, i bet he's a good guy though he's he's just he killed that cop but he's probably a good guy and you know what man (laughs) but just like mike's point with with the rodney king thing just happening right as they were filming that scene if this movie came out maybe two or three years later we might not he might not be a cop in this movie yeah that's a good point like we might not get this movie as successful as it is totally All right, moving along. So the next day, we meet a young John Connor who is not happy with his foster parents. We also learn that Sarah Connor is is currently in a mental institution and is trying to escape. The Terminator and the T-1000 converge on John in the shopping mall, and a chase ensues after which John and the Terminator escape together on a motorcycle. For reference, I'm just going to call Arnold Terminator, okay? Yeah. Just just for reference, everybody, moving along. Mm, Cool. You know, we, uh, we get to see my... Childhood teen idol, preteen idol in this movie. Preteen Dan- Danny Cooksey. Danny That's right. Bobby, Bo- Bobby Budnick Bobby. from Salute Your Shorts. <laughs> he was, think about it, like he was the coolest dude for a kid my age. I like, this is 91, so I'm 9, 10, mm. which is when Salute Your Shorts actually came out. This is this was 91, Salute Your Shorts was 91, 92, and Bobby Budnick was the best. Yeah. yeah. And like, so he was literally like, I want to be him. And so he's a bad boy. I want to be him. He's he was cool. redheaded, mullet headed, yeah. uh, the friend. Kick. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Great hair. Voice actor extraordinaire. Yo, oh, Danny yeah. Cooksey's yeah. got a crazy long list of yeah. voice extraordinaire a- stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Imagine if John Connor, like, because they're his foster parents are like, go clean your room. Like, get the fuck in there. And then he's just like, fuck off. You're not even my real parents. And yeah. <laughs> being a little brat and stuff. And But imagine if he did go clean his room. Like he would uh-huh. be, he oh, would be shit. in, he would be in there. He wouldn't have taken off. T1000 shows up like right after that, well, they he said they go no another another guy was here earlier asking yeah. for him. So Ar- Arnold's version may have shown up first. That's true. That's true. But oh, like, shit. if T one thousand did show up, he would have capped him right then and there. Boom. Mission accomplished. Gone. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a movie after that. Yeah. Just saying. So you're saying about. resist authority. Exactly. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Always. Always. Okay. Always. Rebel. 
Ask questions. Ask questions. Why am I being pulled over? Am I being detained? She's Ask them all. <laughs> She's not my mom, Todd. <laughs> you little asshole. Like, what? We're not asking a whole lot here. We're just saying to clean your room. Who okay? gave you a motorcycle? Yeah, where the hell did you get that? <laughs> yeah, is he old enough to drive that thing? No, they no. they said uh, the database earlier in the movie shows in like 1985 date of birth. Yeah, for John Connor. Huh. And this is 91. So like, did you do the Some math things on are that? a little off on that. On that little bit. How old do you think he is? Oh. He he looks maybe maybe 13, maybe okay. 12. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the math was a little off on that. He's he's 11 years old in this. Yeah. Because in 19, real life? Well, that's oh, what that's he's what supposed, is, to he's be. supposed to okay, be. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's cuz he was conceived in 1984. He'd be 11 years old in 95. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so so that's the difference, right? And yeah. and it's like he to me he does. He looks more like he's like 13, yeah. almost well, 14. It sounds to me. like it too. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. But. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know Atari made uh, uh, things to hack into a credit card. Pretty sweet, huh? Thing. Mm. Uh, that's a cool game. It's a great game. And they really only took 300 game. bucks. Very, yeah. Right? Well, you know, ATMs have limits, Mike. You know, <laughs> do they? they have those fees now. You yeah. know, <laughs> do they? They got all those fees. <laughs> that Atari takes a cut. I was yeah, sorry. It's like it's like Venmo. There's a three percent <laughs> processing fee. Hey, Listen to our video game episode. They needed it at the time. Yeah, that's right. They were that going shot, under. that one subtle shot when they leave the ATM, and dude, and like they're on the motorcycle. Yeah. And it's almost like a motorcycle is following them with a camera. Yeah. It's like two seconds long. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Gorgeous. the way. Yeah, the way they shot that and like the Guns and Roses playing in the background. He's got his boombox. That's my prop. I want the boombox. Ooh, wow. boombox. Okay. I want the boombox. You can decide wow. later on if you find yeah. your prop, but I, I want I want Bobby Budnick's boombox. The boombox. I'm I'm taking the arm. I'm you want taking, the arm? Yeah, I'm taking the, the arm. arm. Absolutely. Okay. Are uh, you talking about this the shot where they're they're going like left of uh, camera? Yeah, like left sort of, frame, of yeah, and then Arnold pulls in like no, right. even before they get okay. Arnold hasn't seen him yet. They're okay. following him on the road and stuff. And it's like, just, I mean, okay. like he's literally he's really driving that motorcycle. Oh, like, yeah, with Bobby Budnick on the back. Yeah, like it's crazy. Careful now, we need that show, <laughs> right? That made me want a dirt bike so bad when I was a kid. Like I wanted a dirt bike so bad because of this movie yeah. and being able to like ride it like that and ride it into town. I wanted one like. All the time for Christmas, my birthday, <laughs> and yeah. Why uh, didn't I get a motorcycle? I just want a dirt bike. So uh, Sarah Connor's uh, story that she tells in like because she's like kind of watching a video of herself, right? In this, well, scene? I think no, I think Not first, yet. first she's just being interviewed by the doctor. Okay, at this point. the first time we see her now, first time we see her, she's over. like she's like working out and shit and all that. Um, but like the story that she does tell does sound like the craziest thing that would be in a mental institution. Like this is our case right here. Like this is our crowning achievement of this entire facility. Is is her story because it's so like imagine having a patient like that just being like there's. Robots from the future coming to they came to kill me in 1984, but they couldn't do it. And now they're coming back. I swear to God, and and I just we're all get to gonna me. die. It's crazy. So th- that's what we like to do on this podcast is we humanize the goons, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody hated Dr. Silberman for like, why don't you just believe her and let her out, Dr. Right. Silberman? Yeah. No. So don't Berman. ever let her out. Don't ever, ever let her. You near lock the her up again. forever, and you are doing your job, sir. Thank Correct. you very much. Yeah. 
But that's amazing how those movies turn those on. Because this guy's this guy's totally doing his job. Think completely. of like real stories where people are like cops like let serial killers go and then they went on a rampage yes. and killed like six no more people. Shit. This guy would have been a protector. <laughs> that's you know? right. Like if she, if she was flip the script, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and for fuck's sake. How bad did you want to brush that hair out of her eyes when she was talking? Oh, I know. <laughs> her the hair is just over yeah, her yeah. eyeballs. When she's calm, you mean? Yes, when she's calm. When she's ca- Someone give that woman a haircut yeah, or like, help her brush her hair out of her eyeballs. Like like bangs ain't working for you there, Sarah Connor. <laughs> you're looking like a crazy yeah, person. Yeah, you're looking like a cray. Okay. You want to get out of here, you cut your hair. <laughs> oh, man. And dude. not with a butter knife no, like please you usually no. do. Let that Jeez. dude lick your face later. It's all good. <laughs> oh, Oh my god, we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Dude, she is jacked in this part. My, the my way. wife walked in like right at that part. She's like, wow, she's jacked. Yeah, yeah. yes, she is. She's they, incredibly little jacked. Little Ham- Hamilton is jacked in this. You say little Hamilton? <laughs> L- L- <laughs> Linda Hamilton. <laughs> she's Lindle. amazing in this movie. She is. Yeah, I'm, I'm very pissed off that there wasn't a nomination for her, at least for yeah. this. Like she's like along with Ripley and uh, and, and Aliens. Two and I mean, let's fucking just say one too. But like she, she elevates it in two. She is them two, both by James Cameron, by the way, are like the one of like two of the best heroines we've ever seen on film ever. Mm. They are so strong and so fucking smart. Um, I don't know. She she's incredible. I like. I've never really seen her in anything else where she's like outstanding. But this, she. It's yeah. like I honestly think it's her movie. To be honest. I, yeah. I would I would be in line for that. Yeah. Um she she is really intense in this. The way she talks to the doctor, she has no dis, she has absolute disregard for like everyone around her because she says it several times. You know how I feel. You're yeah. all dead anyways. I don't care what happens to you and I don't care if I'm the one that does it to you. I need to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> she is intense. Now dude. let me out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> no. not going to let you out. Humanize the goons. <laughs> you just said you're basically just going to kill me. Yeah, you literally just said you're going to kill people. So <laughs> everyone's doing their job except Dougie. Okay. Dougie's taking some extra, some, some, uh, some perks there on the side. <laughs> Percocets. <laughs> yeah. So back to your good benefits. Your good versus like uh good versus evil thing here where we're all you got to go back to that first time you were thinking about this Yeah, movie. yeah, 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 absolutely. That that fine that when they when it finally reveals itself. Right. Is it's still awesome it's to this so day. It's so good. The hallway? The hallway. Where he <sighs> steps out of the elevator and he steps and yeah, and they all come around the corner and like that moment where the the roses hit the floor and he Dude. steps on it in slow motion, which I'm thinking is a Guns N' Roses thing. Maybe. Like, I don't know. It's, Did yeah. they get paid? Probably, probably yes. <laughs> is Axl Rose a piece of shit? Like anytime, anytime there's a gun and a rose on screen, yeah. they get paid. They get they get something for that. <laughs> I almost spit my beer out. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sure he put a patent on it. Yeah, yeah. a piece of shit. Jeez, <laughs> that was a ama- That was such a cool scene, and I thought it was really cool of our boy Bobby Budnick. Of course, that's not his name in the movie. I don't I don't know what his name just is. Keep, Danny Cooksey. We're just going. gonna call Danny. Bobby Budnick. Yeah. Uh, that like he had the wherewithal. Had they not done the ATM scene. It'll yeah. come back later too that we know that he can do this. But yeah. let's say the cop just came up to him and was like, Do you know this boy? He would have been like, Yeah, that's my friend. He's over there. Oh, my buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. But instead, he's like, Cool as calm yeah. as can be. No, nope, I've never seen him. No, never the seen thinking, him. Oh, shit. They, they found us out about the ATM. They're coming to get it, us. Exactly. Sure. He's thinking, He's still just looking for John. So maybe he's in the clear. Who knows? Yeah. But he asked about him specifically. Yes. 
hey, man, just split. And then you got that fucking nerd in the back who's like, yeah, I saw that kid. He's right over there. Fucking narc. <laughs> and, then, and then fucking Danny Cooksey being the cool ass mofo that he is. Yes, he's, he is. He's like, hey, man, I think I saw that kid. Hey! And he gets, <laughs> he, he and gets thrown into. And that is the last into, time we see him. <laughs> he gets thrown into a, a Mortal Kombat machine, breaks his collarbone. That's all we ever hear from no, him. No, he, he bled his, out. His parents get really mad at him for hanging out with a bad, <laughs> a bad crowd. They send him to summer camp. They're all. Hey. <laughs> Just a th- you just come up with that if you're done. Oh, the top line. I'm not reading anything. <laughs> Damn, dude. I saw the fire in your eyes when you oh. came up. With, you, you were like, oh, this is my time. Yeah. Well played, <laughs> sir. Can I say one thing about um, how everyone on the planet should agree that Tom Cruise is the greatest runner in the history of film? Sure. His his body of work is larger, so we have more to analyze. Yeah. Robert Patrick might be the best on screen runner of all time. Yeah, he trained to he trained he, he like did a uh, like a workout regimen specifically tailored to him that had him keep his mouth closed and breathe through his nose as he was running. Right. So he trained to do that so he could look good on <laughs> film doing that. Can so you imagine? Did, so he didn't have to look like he was breathing like a human. Like so we he would could all... be a fucking robot. Yeah. That's some of the best on-screen running I've ever seen in my it's life. It's crazy, and it is like his, scary. His hands are like are like they're be turning into knives, like they yes. do later in yeah. the movie. You it know? like being chased by. There's a lot of things that get you know to chase people in movies. That's one of the more terrifying ones, dude. That guy coming at you. Yeah. Now that we know he's bad, this is not good. By the way, he was so efficient at running. Mm. He was actually catching up to them on the motorcycle in the scene. Good God, he had to sl- he <laughs> while had to not slow- breathing. Correct. He had to slow down his running so they could get the scene shot right. <laughs> that's how. That's how good he was, dude. There's this is my man, dude. There's dude. footage of Robert Patrick. They like gridded out his whole body. They like just painted lines on him to uh, grid out like the CGI that yeah, they yeah, could yeah. do later. That dude is fucking racked with muscles like they like his shirt off and everything it just like it doesn't look like him whatsoever wow. he looks like arnie but wow. like he doesn't he never he's never naked like well i guess he is but that dude is ripped <laughs> dude just uh just a couple things that always popped to me you have there's two movies i know of that he reprised his role as the T-1000. Yes. <laughs> One of them being Wayne's World, <laughs> where he pulls, he pulls over Mike Myers like, have you seen this boy? Whoa! <laughs> and the other one, which I kind of forgot about until I had to rack my brain a little bit, Last Action Hero. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. He, uh, he walks right by. Yeah, oh Jack and Danny walk into the police station, and he walks right yes, past them. That's right. And the little kid goes, whoa, whoa, who's that? Yeah. That's right. Fucking last action so hero, cool. baby. I love that that's yeah. such a, the T-1000 is such a folklore, mythological f- creature <laughs> that they can just yeah. put them in random movies. So yeah, after their hallway uh, battle, we get one of the best action set pieces of all time with uh, uh, the L.A. runoff. Yeah, the, uh, the L.A. River Canal. Yeah, and- it's so good like and like there's a whole like two hour documentary on uh, YouTube about like the making of this movie wow and there's a lot of behind the scenes footage this is like really cool um but so check that out but there's the that truck like running off the the bridge and everything like that and and like crashing into the canal is real like it's just straight up real like it's yeah. it's crazy oh, to God, watch yeah every time there's a stunt going on like that it, like you can hear the whole crew clapping that it like went really well and everything like that it's just like super cool to see a movie like this outside with a real truck real destruction going on real stunts going on no green screen behind them 
like you see behind the scenes scenes of uh like marvel movies nowadays yeah. it's a huge room that's all green yep and it's just thor in the middle of it yeah right and that's it and platforms like, where he's supposed to be jumping exactly. on or off of and that's and it. then like tennis balls for him to look at where the villains are or some shit you know right like not knocking those movies but kind of knocking those movies yeah. gotta be honest like this is just so much fun. You're, sound, you're sounding like a boomer just being like, yeah. hey, back in my back day. In my, <laughs> back in 91. <laughs> movies were good. <laughs> None of this bullshit <laughs> new <laughs> GCI <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Gastrointestinal. <laughs> yes, very bad. That, that, that chase scene feels like... I love how it's in a canal because you yeah. f- you feel trapped. It's confined. It's trapped. You like you legitimately. You're like, oh, he should just he can just take it right here. No, he's like he can't, dude. That's all that all that shit is. And like you like you're saying, Sean, it's all real. And um, you know, they said, oh shit, that that wrecker, it's not gonna fit under the overpass. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> run it over. The, run it, it change through the then. script. Turn turn it into a convertible. Yeah, it's like well, the co- the top's coming off one way or the other. So let's just do it. Shoot it. And they literally ran, like you said, they ran that thing into it. It wasn't supposed to be cut off in the original script. No, no. It got cut off because they found out the overpass was too short, and they're like, fuck it. Cut it off. <laughs> they, they, took a, they took that motorcycle that the Terminator's riding, and he, they leaped that thing off that like ledge. With chains and stuff, right? What? Did they they had like support wires for it to go off the edge, didn't they? I don't believe they did. Oh man, I wonder. I don't believe <laughs> that motorcycle they did. doesn't seem like it could make that, but they jumped that thing. I'll tell you what, like this is one of those things that I, I heard. You mean was the, like, Harley? Yeah, the Harley? Yeah, Harley Arnold. Pretty sure they, they they hit it. They hit it, man. That thing, like the I looked up the weight of a of a Harley Fat Boy. That's about seven hundred pounds, seven hundred and fourteen pounds. 15 and then you have Arnold on top of it to add like another 200 some <laughs> of just mu- muscle and they it, but obviously Granted, that, that was a, that was a stunt double <laughs> yeah, I will yeah. give you that fairly clearly obviously fairly. A stunt oh, dude, he doesn't do his own stunts no he didn't jump a motorcycle but no <laughs> it's like but they did they left that thing off the fucking thing off that cliff do you think they added the shopping carts or they were already down there? There was a lot of shopping <laughs> There's a lot. carts down in that canal. <laughs> I think they, I bet they removed some. They probably had to take <laughs> some were- out so that way they had a clear path. <laughs> and then, and then again, um, uh, Cameron was just like, well, if it gets in the way, it gets in the way. It's all good. If it we'll dies, run it dies. <laughs> it dies, it dies. If there's a homeless person with a cart down there, I guess it <laughs> All right, so fearing that the T-1000 will kill Sarah in order to get to him, John orders the Terminator to help free her. They encounter Sarah as she is escaping from the hospital. After the trio escapes from the T-1000 and the Terminator informs John and Sarah about Skynet's history, Sarah learns that the man most directly responsible for Skynet's creation is Miles Dyson, a Cyberdyne systems engineer. Sarah gathers weapons from an old friend and plans to flee to Mexico with John, but a nightmare about Judgment Day prompts her to prevent it by instead killing Dyson, leaving on her own. He's like kind of learning about... Uh, the T eight hundred Arnold yep. Schwarzenegger, learning about him and like what his what he can do and what everything like that, and so he calls over like or like uh, holding him back or whatever. He's like he's trying to kidnap me. He's trying to kidnap me. And then those two the dudes two. come over, humanize the goons. Yes, humanize. They were doing the good thing. Yes, they right. were. Um, but he almost kills him or whatever. And he's like, don't you oh. can't just go around killing people. And uh, I just like that aspect of that. He's like, you're not a Terminator anymore. 
Like, yeah, that was the start of it almost, yeah, right? It is It is like the a, a kid taking like a toy and like taking control of it pretty much like that's mm. it's that kind of cool aspect and that's why i think like this movie could be perfect just for like 11 to 12 year old dude yeah. like it's such a cool thing to have that aspect to it i don't know and then he becomes a father figure to him uh, later in the oh film. yeah pretty much in this whole scene is when that that all kind of starts yeah. coming up here later you stand on one foot put, put your foot down <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> by the way stand on one foot no he's 11 years old he's gonna be like prove it Pick your nose. <laughs> and he's going to pick his nose. He's like, fart. I dare you. You're and, absolutely and right. And you'd be like, punch yourself in the balls. I do not have gastrointestines. <laughs> do now, it. That, I'm signing up for that. <laughs> that is awesome. That's totally what he's going to do. He's like, <laughs> flick yourself in the nuts. <laughs> say fuck. <laughs> Sorry. Prank call my friend Bobby Bundy. <laughs> say poopy pants McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Poopy Pants McGee. Poopy Pants McGee. <laughs> Rub a baby buggy buffet. <laughs> Sean, I know for a fact I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I feel like you loved the gruesome murder scene of the step parents. I, I think it's super cool. I, I I love that actress who plays the stepmom. Yeah, she's great. She's an alien, too. She works with Cameron all the time. But yeah, it's a, it's a cool shot because at first you're just like, you what? don't know what happened. What is going Like, she just like, whoosh. And then you're like, what the fuck was that sound? And the, he's stopped bitching or whatever. But I, I like the aspect mostly of him. Like, what's your dog's name? He's like, Max. Yeah. Uh, she's like, yeah, Wolfie's just fine. And by the way, mm. I have to tell you guys out there, if you're listening, go check out Wolfie's Just Fine on Spotify right now. Oh, yeah. Jean Lejoie's project is fucking amazing. He's got two albums out. Uh, and he's got, like, two songs. Like, there's one called Todd and Janelle, who are the step parents' yep. <laughs> names. Wait, wait yep. what? Um, one, one is called, uh, 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 the beginning or something like that, but it's, it's about like all about, uh, Jason, but it's like part five or something like that. It's incredible. Go look at it. And the band name is Wolfie's just fine from this movie. He's yeah. it's incredible. Anyway, <laughs> it's great. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing to just like trick them. It's like your mother, your mother, and your stepmother and father are dead. dead. It's so cool. Yeah. I, I had a I had a thought on this time through like why why did the T one thousand waste the time to like kill the mom but then like assume her roles while the dad was still there because he why was did, probably distracted drinking beer watching the game like he know? wasn't a he wasn't a threat at that point yeah probably because thinking like T one thousand may have had to stay there for like a full day just acting like the mom right when he could have just killed, well, he just could have killed the dad too right away and just be like okay I'm gonna stand here and not pretend anything until he fucking comes home I do have a little bit of a I, I, a, a bit of an alternate timeline okay cool <laughs> so my alternate alternate timeline is the T one thousand stays as Janelle like say the phone call doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if Janelle just like stays as the T one thousand stays as Janelle, and like it turns out like she kind of like she's already he's already cooking, <laughs> cooking a meal and like having conversation and stuff. She's worried, she's concerned about the family already. Maybe you know has a better relationship with Todd in the meantime, Definitely. and becomes to... a supportive wife, and that Todd Todd's, feels that support, and then Todd he gets a promotion her again. They start a better love life, and then forgets completely about his yeah. Mission. He's just reprogrammed, you know, and 
And then all of a sudden, like John Connor shows up again. He's just like, <laughs> just, <laughs> that is oh, shit. That is a Rick and Morty episode if I've ever heard one in my entire life. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I think it's. I think it's a thing. I think it could have happened. I, think, I love that. I think he. I think he should have played the long con. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, hey, man. So, Pretty fucking good, man. You, you want to know uh, <laughs> the saddest thing uh, that got cut from this um, that is in the extended cut is the T-1000 goes out to that dog that's barking and, well, does a thing. Fuck the T-1000. Fuck the T-1000. Just to confirm that's, you know, T-1000's piece of shit. Um, but fuck then, James Cameron. Fuck this whole movie. I'm yep. burning this house yep. down to the Podcast ground. Podcast done. Yep. Podcast One year done. to the day. He's tainted us, and that's it. So, but he he goes out and he finds out that he like basically rips off its collar after, and it says Max on. Yeah, so he knows that he's been out. He's been out. He knows that he's been duped. Okay, yeah. I'm back. So in. he moves in. Back in. I'm back. And so, you can kill the dog. That's fine. There's that's there's cool. a if you if you have time like because it does add some time, but the extended cut does at, fill in a few holes. Well, I'm glad you watched the extended because I was going to text you guys see because yeah. I, wa- I I just watched have. the theatrical. I watched the regular one, and and I watched that, and I will only watch the extended cut once. But it yeah. does do these little fill in holes here and there. It, there's actually a deleted scene with um, where Kyle Reese comes back, and she like she gets put into like a drug induced stupor um, from Dougie. Right. Kind of confirms how much uh, how much of a shitbag Dougie is, Licky Lou. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I love watching that fucker die. That was pretty awesome. We're assuming he died. She really hit him on the head a couple times pretty hard. Yeah, I mean... Dougie. I, I call him Dougie because that's what she that, calls him. You keep saying Dougie. Is that <laughs> she, his name? She calls him Dougie in this. Like, you, you hear it oh, every now this. and again. Like, uh, yeah. Dude goes all in on that lick. Like, it's it's just creepy. And then he acts, like, unimpressed, like she needed barbecue sauce or something. <laughs> He's like, hmm. He's like, hmm. <laughs> well, He's trying to taste her fear. Yeah. Not as good as... It. The other Linda. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Uh, the T-1000 coming out of the ground, like that tile, black and white ground, is creepy as fuck. Like, that's horror movie territory yes, for me. Um, and I believe this is, like, where we cut out a commercial as a family on this on this VHS. Because I'm pretty sure I have this in my memory stapled in there, just, like, like screenshotted in my brain of the Campbell's commercial where the kid comes in as a snowman and then gets all like melted because he's he's eating Campbell's. <laughs> yes. And, like a snippet of that yeah. and then straight to yeah. him coming out of the ground is in my mind. No, <laughs> it's like when you made mix CDs back in the day and you knew what song came next on the mix right, CD yeah. right. so that when you hear the first song before it nowadays, you hear the next song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On it. Same yep. thing for Sean. Pretty much. Totally. So that is Don and Dan Stanton as the double cop. They are actually twins. In uh, this movie, and I think they're pretty great. Dude, I didn't know that going into it, and I remember vividly going, why... That's a really good actor because he he looks slightly different now that he's the T one thousand. It's because it was a different person. That's amazing. It's cool. It's insanity. I like that move. Yeah. I was going to be really sad if he just practical effects. Like you would, you he would have just put it like a green screen right there. Green screen it. Yeah, exactly. I would have been really sad if if the T one thousand had killed the uh, the nice orderly lady. Uh, at the front desk. Oh, yeah. I would have been really sad. I would have been like really upset. Like, <laughs> don't kill her. Don't kill her. She doesn't deserve no. Hey, Royal no. Flush. <laughs> Royal Flush. Oh, man. Sarah comes in and bashes 
the head orderly. Yep. What, what's his name? Uh, the Doctor Silverman. Yeah, Doctor Silverman. She, he bashes his fucking hand and say, and like, "You broke my arm." <laughs> she says, "There's 215 bones in the human body. There are actually 206, oh. depending on who you are, because 206 is like the average." And then if you have like an extra toe or something like that, then like if there's 206 to 213. It says. So what the what the hell was the point of that? I don't know. She they didn't. They didn't have us on set going. Um, excuse me. Um, you're gonna need to change that line. Exactly. Whichever whichever guy she banged to get anatomy. Uh, right. Uh, info from was <laughs> wrong. Obviously, we all know what he wanted out of that relationship. <laughs> Well, do you know anything about anatomy? I'll teach you everything about anatomy. <laughs> I'll show you how many bones. That's one. <laughs> All right. I don't know. This this hospital scene's really where like a lot of the special effects kind of shine through. Don't right. you feel like when he walks through that cell, dude? That is mine. It still looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, man. And then even like the elevator. And that all that shit, like this is really where you you can just look yeah. in awe at this movie and say, man, the action is nonstop. The thrill is nonstop. Right. You're you're holding your breath when she's trying to lock the doors, and I mean, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, it's really cool. And I one effect that I really really like uh, combining CGI and practical is when he does get to the elevator door just as it closes right. and he has his like claws like open it Terrifying. he takes that uh, shotgun and blows his head in half <laughs> and it's a pr- such super cool practical effect of it just like his eyes are still moving like side to side it it just looks so goddamn good yeah it's this- not it's not like he's it's not like an open mouth even uh, if you look at like the two sides of his head, he's his mouth. I think is still closed yeah. for the most part. It's just like there's just two sides of a head, and then it just melds back together <laughs> yeah. with this pristine haircut. This is a horror movie. Can we just <laughs> can we say it? Like, this is a horror movie? Is. So they get they then they finally get away from him again. Luckily, uh, that's when the Terminator really starts to like him and John have that like relationship forming almost where mm-hmm. it's like he's becoming a dad figure kind yeah. of right like. He's starting to show emotions. He's starting to learn things. Wasn't that a deleted scene or, or an extended cut where they change him so that he's not in in read mode only, that he can actually it learn? It is. Which um, is why he's now picking up on things and learning stuff. He was not programmed to do that from correct. the start, right? Yeah. So so there's a point where when they get to the garage, you know, that they kind of hide out in mm-hmm. for a night, they get to talking about it. And like, can you learn? He's like, I'm not pro. Basically says, I'm not yeah. programmed to learn. Um, well, can we reprogram you? And then they like it shows them like cutting open yeah. his skin, and then he gives them directions on how to pull the chip out. Oh, I think I have seen that. Yeah, scene. and so there's a moment where Sarah Connor's gonna bash it with a a hammer, mm. like a sledgehammer. John talks her out of it, right? Right, and saying we, we need, need him. this guy, we need this guy. We we're not gonna do this. Like if you're if you expect me to be some great leader, how am I supposed to be that without my mom even listening to me? Oh yeah, drops that hammer. Damn, on it before well, she can drop that. That's hammer. that's a cool, got it. That's a great <laughs> got it. A great time to bring this up too because I, I didn't notice this as a kid, but like when this all becomes real to John, all of what she was she's been saying this entire time, but like before she got into the mental institution, becomes real to him, and it's and it's really cool how he acts on it right away yeah and he's just like okay i'm in action like okay i know who i am like all of this is real now and like he does become kind of a leader or like kind of like a spur of uh like no we should do this or do that you know it's it i didn't notice that before and it was really cool this time around 
when they were at that uh, at that farm in the desert, I don't know what they're doing out there. There's a scene like you know Arnold's doing the fun stuff, and they're showing that cool bonding between the two. Yeah. Of them. He's following him around like a dog and doing what he wants. But yeah. Arnold ho- picks up that little baby <laughs> dude and looks at him like, "What the fuck what is this?" Fuck? That's how I pick up babies. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Is I saw this? a video of you holding a baby over the weekend, and you're just like trying so hard to carry on a conversation with another adult <laughs> rather than paying attention to. I was like, "So do you know?" interest rates are low right now <laughs> and the kids is like what, what? <laughs> i love the way he like again show how well yeah. they acted like robots <laughs> correct unbelievable yeah he only starts to blink really after that mm, whole wow. that whole scene of him uh, the deleted scene of now he's learning how to be human right sure um, it, it was it was basically a big reason as to why he did put sunglasses on. Yes, so that he makes a act- lot of sense. So there he as an actor didn't have to like not blink constantly. But when he, oh shit, when you look like like go back and look, there's only a few times that he's blinking, and it's like a it's almost they they add a sound effect to like it's re-registering yeah his information. Mm. So. Because that's how he's snapshotting information or something like that. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, oh yeah, an, an, an ideal father, one that is emotionless and does whatever you say. Yeah, I'm yeah, that's, that sounds oh, great. Yeah, baby. I love that. Doesn't, doesn't <laughs> blink much. And <laughs> well, yeah. before we're coming out of this scene, we have quite possibly one of the most insane scenes of movie history. It's still terrifying. Absolutely horrifying. The the nuclear explosion and how Man. they did it. And how they showed it. I mean, this this scared me more than like scary movies scare me because yeah. this is like this is fucking real life shit. Oh, I yeah. remember the the '90s. I was of an, a conceivable age to know things like there were scares of like mm-hmm. get under your desk if the oh nuclear bomb goes off. Then you watch this movie, you go, no, don't get under your desk. It's yeah. all it's futile like don't right. do anything it's all and, fucking futile and you maybe even read that dude that uh members of the u.s federal nuclear testing labs unofficially declared this the most accurate description of a nuclear nuclear blast ever created for fictional motion picture wow dude yeah they did a ton of research on it, i guess like i that's fucking terrifying where the skin finally blasts they've been on fire it's crazy and then the skin like blasts off as they're screaming and then there's a skeleton and okay it's uh, like the bear's butt in great outdoors <laughs> <laughs> just like that mike just Sorry, as Sean. funny just as charming <laughs> i got kicked off my podcast <laughs> um, okay so the scream that i we've done jurassic park i, I and i said in that yeah. episode i think uh laura dern's scream in that movie is the best on-screen scream in a movie ever i think the most horrifying scream is when she does get her skin blown completely off it sounds it sounds like she's being stabbed yeah i don't like it and i don't know what that sounds like but i gotta believe it's that yeah you know it's so scary the last breath that her body was able to produce was a scream before her body was no longer and then just (laughs) it just you just die being terrified dust so that all of that was basically miniatures, like the the whole wave effect was CGI and everything. The buildings getting toppled over and the bus like flipping over and everything like that was the, it's all miniatures. It's it's you know like the size of this uh, uh, control modem that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. That's like what the size of a laptop. Yeah, it's all the size of that. And they just took air cannons and blew them over and you know built them to kind of de- de- deconstruct as they blew the air. Uh, and I mean, damn, dude. And then Stan Winston's effect of 
everything being on fire. Ugh. The her screaming bloody murder while she's on fire is <laughs> just oh my god! Like what a fucking nightmare! And yeah. it's it's clear motivation for her to go kill that dude. But it's why it's why and you're like she's yes. in a mental institution because yeah. she sees this yeah. and she doesn't want this to happen. I totally understand why she wants to go kill that dude. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the what happens next then. So Sarah, uh, one more, th- yeah. one more thing. It, it was it's actually uh, Linda Hamilton's son who she's playing with on the on the it, really. Yeah, that's cool. actually her son with the perm. Yep, she's got the perm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, let's make her a, look different. She's just a regular waitress. It looks like she's got like an apron on. Yeah. And, yeah. The last thing I have to say about this whole scene is is apparently they obviously don't program it in, and thank God he's about to learn some uh, some subtlety and learn about awkwardness because like they have that little spat in the car on the way over. To like where they're gonna highlight you. You can't come, come after me. You can't come after me. Well, I had to get you out of there, mom. And then he starts kind of crying. And then he's just like, it's like, oh, man, it's kind of, it's kind of bummed out. And then Terminator just turns around. What's wrong with your face? <laughs> <laughs> just like, shut up. Nothing, man. Shut up. I'm not crying. What? What is it? Why do you cry? Why do you even do that? What's what the, wrong with your face? What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? <laughs> It's just like, shut up, bro. Shut up. Not right now, dude. Shit. <laughs> shut up. I'm not cr- Shut up, bro. You have to do what I say. Make a fart noise. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you just poop your pants again? <laughs> What's wrong with your pants? Dude, I got to imagine an Arnie fart is the worst smelling thing. <laughs> got to be, Just dude. protein. <laughs> Straight protein. <laughs> All right. So Sarah attempts to kill Dyson, but is unable to do it in front of his family. John and the Terminator arrive and inform Dyson of the future consequences of his work, convincing him that his work must be destroyed. They break into the Cyberdyne building and set explosives to destroy Dyson's lab. Though the police shoot and fatally wound Dyson when they storm the lab, he successfully detonates the explosive as he dies. So this whole scene, like I said, is is great motivation for her to go, go do this. And it's just a great, plot propelling device to like get get her there and get them both there uh, eventually there was a lot of downtime before that notice how things yeah. kind of got a little stagnant there yeah. well and then we get like before that i didn't mention but the the whole arming up scene with Completely. the bunker yeah. so cool yeah oh yeah you know but by the way just gear porn you know that that's well, again i've said this a hundred times like the load up the montage mm-hmm. of gearing up yeah putting the weapons together it's one of my favorite things as a kid when i was like watching it's absolutely like, yeah i want an arsenal of guns in my basement yeah, yeah that's what i need <laughs> and it, it, you're just, but you know that that gun pit is right next to the fucking snake pit because cousin eddie is their neighbor dude <laughs> that is i swear to god they're on the same like like nuclear test ground yeah you know that's where they live yes. right next to cousin 100%. eddie and his family like 10 miles away is raising arizona family oh, yeah. nicholas yeah. cage there and, you go um after she shoots up the whole place and they they get there and everything yeah. like that, he's like, uh, so "Show Dyson, show him, like take take Dan to the other room," and so he just starts cutting his arm and like, "Dude, whoa, 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 whoa. you got to cut your entire <laughs> arm. Like, how about you just cut like the, the end of your finger and show him that that's it's just metal." They wanted to show the exact yeah. same hand for that he has in storage, I guess. <laughs> but it's just, it's just like, whoa! He's like, f- like flings it off. Like, dude, we we kind of need that. Like, and you need to bring that in like a little baggie to burn along with because that's yeah. cybernetic organism right yeah, there. Exactly. That's going to be tested upon later. We need to bring bring that to the mill. You know? No. It no. was just crazy. It was like you just could cut off your little finger 
thing and yeah. show him what's underneath. He pulls his skin off like it's a goddamn dish glove, like just a rubber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like he snapped his fingers or something, man. That is disgusting. <laughs> I had t- I had two thoughts on this on this rewatch. Like number yeah. one, why why did they why did John Connor want to stop her from killing Dyson? Like in the rational world, yeah, let's kill Dyson. Yeah, Do you- right, like. Yeah, but I mean, I can see how well then somebody else maybe then would have somebody else then would have maybe taken over and done the work that he was already starting. I was gonna say, do you want me to approach this rationally, Mike, or do you want me to disagree with you? I don't even want you to. (laughs) You don't even have to say anything. I'm just saying (laughs) that was like a thought that went through my head. Yeah, I get you. But also, the the more rat, the one you won't be able to dispute. You can try on both of them. All right, let's do it. Where were the cops after <laughs> after she shot up that place? <laughs> they were there for hours. Neighbors. Talking to Dyson and his family. Nobody came. Neighbor. Said, hey, I heard something. Yep. Is everything okay? You're right. <laughs> okay. She had to silence her Explain whatever time, you dude. want. Yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> I think that comes back to John Connor's, like, great leadership as he does have this underlying, like, morality of, yeah. right. of like, no, killing is not okay. That's why the, maybe... It comes back back to that's why we're in this mess, you know. We're not going to kill other humans because in the future, yeah, machines are trying to kill us, you know. Right. Yeah. So the other thing is like he talks about this like when she carved no fate into that picnic table, and it's like that's the whole premise of this movie that you kind of find out, and I think even later in some of the sequels, it's like it's like you there is no definite future. You're just prolonging the inevitable yeah. Yeah. of essentially what's going to come. Like yeah. the future is the future isn't going to change. It's going to happen. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think that's, that's maybe as an 11 year old kid, that's pretty deep. Right. But, yeah. but Hey, um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. Cool. I, th- I think you're I like absolutely that. right. Because it's just like, yeah, maybe we can't prevent this from happening, even if we don't kill this guy. But then there's just like one less fucking death, right? Like, can we? If we can just, if I have a say to not end someone's life, then I'm going to try and do it. You know, even though he's responsible for millions and millions and millions, we can we can have Arnie take his whole arm off and have him realize what's going on. Yeah. You know, one of the things I I realized literally on the last watch I did was the music of her attacking Dyson is the same as the Terminators approaching when they're going to attack. Whoa. It's the same music. It's that same like ominous tone. And as she's approaching with her gun to go attack Miles Dyson. She's becoming a Terminator. Him, yeah. And it's the same idea. You, you get this idea that um, she's attacking, approaching Dyson. It's the same music that plays in the Terminators, but she, the Terminators approach, mm-hmm. but she's human. And it's like she's become what she fears, and it's essentially trying to do what the Terminators have been sent to do to her. Mm. And I think that's part of the realization that she really comes to when she's just kind of in shock after the whole thing, you know? Well, then, like, yeah, she can, I mean, not confesses her love for John, but, like, tells him she loves him. Right. Like, she just, like, her human aspect just just came back you know like yeah. she's like well there is a difference between us and machines it's like i can love and they can't yeah and that's what she says throughout the movie too mm-hmm. dyson gets shot in the shoulder terminator's like give me your hand wife <laughs> right <laughs> put pressure right there it's like oh oh come on oh gross oh, this is just 
disgusting. It's oh, it's ugh. Danny, go play with your Radio Shack truck. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Show me your room, okay? Oh, I'd love to. Because you know, little kids always want. I was say, stoked when he said that when I was a kid. Like, fuck yeah, dude. Little kids always want to show show you their room. Like they're like, you want to see my room? Come see my room. Well, it's not gonna be as cool as a gun bunker, but yeah, that's fine. That's fine, I guess. I guess we'll deal with it, Tycho. <laughs> So they they get <laughs> yeah. they get they get to the they get to the lab they start yeah. setting up everything. There are a lot of scenes in this movie that uh, made me think that the writers of Grand Theft Auto watched this movie and then said, <laughs> "This is what we're going to do for our video game." Yeah, yeah. Like especially when Arnold is programmed not to kill and he starts going out and goes on that police rampage yeah. where he's yeah. shooting grenade launchers and it's that's so I've cool. done that mission on Grand Theft Auto Five before. Yeah. I swear to you. Yeah, I, swear, I swear to God. It's literally like what everyone has ever wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. And they made it real in that movie. And I feel like they based it off of this movie. He'll live. Looking at little details. Yeah. Well, the minigun is just fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. Like, all, I can't imagine. Like, this whole production, dude. Like, all the. <laughs> like, just how many. How many. How much hours one shot took just to get, like, a, a squib shot yeah. of, like, bullets being hit on a car. I it's what you don't appreciate it's, if you don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. But there's one shot of him. He reloads that grenade launcher and puts puts another grenade in it. Mm-hmm. And you see cops running away from a car. He points it at the car. It shoots. You can see a projectile go out of the yes. tube and hit into the window, and then the car explodes. I'm like... I'd still don't I still don't even. May, it may have been a grenade launcher. It could have been. <laughs> he probably had a grenade launcher. It looks in his so hands. good. Yeah. it's crazy. Did, did you notice that in when they showed when they showed his screen? You know, his internal processor yeah. said human casualties zero point zero. Zero point zero. point zero. I'm like, what if? <laughs> what is the point for? <laughs> He's like, well, yeah, so well, Daryl died a little bit. <laughs> he loved that car. What's He's on six. his way to die. <laughs> What's a point six? Is that losing you know? arms and legs? Yeah. <laughs> I laughed at that one. Like, there must just really be a fun. different way to look at that. <laughs> well, there was a canine in one of those, du- oh. one of those cup cars. <laughs> we do got to talk about how okay. Miles Dyson yeah. is the real hero here. <laughs> okay. Because okay. literally this man completely takes these psycho insane people's word for this. Like she just broke out of a mental institution. This guy is apparently a robot, <laughs> but like I'm going to buy into all this. So like knowing what they told him, like, how does he still know for sure? So with no question, he's willing to, let's say they succeed. Then he's like, he's getting fired and mm-hmm. probably going to jail mm-hmm. for the, what he just did to that's his company. True. Yep. That's true. And no one's going to believe him. He might go to a mental in- in- institution for yep. what he says now. No, literally a machine came yep. and cut his arm off and showed me, or he's going to die. And he just does it without question. Mm-hmm. The man's a hero. I, I have a better idea for you, Mike. How about... He just goes in and he just continues sabotaging his work, okay, until until it gets to the point that he's basically going to be fired. You know, I'm, t- I'm talking like spilling coffee on computers accidentally. <laughs> and just oh, no. Like, oh, no, dude. Shredding the wrong documents. <laughs> womp, womp, <laughs> just like, like that. Oh, man, Dyson. Oh. And like, Dyson's at it again. Yeah, and just... Just like accidentally <laughs> rewriting his colleague's code. It's like, yeah, let me double check that for you. Oh, dang it. I hit delete. And so that's 12 years of work, Dyson. Fuck, Dyson. Oh, I just, I dropped the, 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 
little demo thing on the ground and it shattered into a million pieces. Dang it. I, for, I forgot to pay our lease. This oh, I month. forgot. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. You guys the, were getting evicted. I took the skeleton arm to my son's class. Yeah. It, was, it was show and tell day. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Fuck. So how about uh, how about we do that? Instead, let's go after hours in the middle of the night, dress like a UK punk band and blow some shit up. Hell yeah. Let's dude. do that instead. Yeah. Sure makes for some great yeah. action. You know what? That's awesome way scene. more liquid metal. <laughs> oh man, if only we had some barrels of highly explosive chemicals. Yeah. That'd be that'd be great. Oh, here we go. They're in the basement. Well, yeah, the I got them. Where did we get those? <laughs> All right, so the final scene here, the T-1000 pursues the surviving trio, eventually cornering them in a steel mill. The T-1000 severely damages the Model 101. Right as the T-1000 is about to capture John, the Model 101 Terminator himself brings itself back online and destroys the T-1000, acting against John's tearful pleas and orders. The Terminator says goodbye, has Sarah lower it into the vat in order to destroy the rest of the futuristic evidence. Sarah drives down a highway at night with John, reflecting on her renewed hope for the future base. Based on the Terminator's actions. Uh, so I got a couple things to say. Uh, earlier, earlier in the earlier scene with all the police, uh, one of the SWAT lead, I think one of the SWAT leaders. I'm not sure if it's the one who sees Dyson or the one in the main level where they all get their knees capped and everything like that. One of them is Hank from Breaking Bad. It's the one who sees Dyson. Okay, yep. gotcha. No, it's not. It is. Yep, it is. It's that's Hank. And and it's was this early in his career? Yeah. I, are you making are you making the the connection here? Yeah. I think that he he did pretty good here in California. Yep. Um and he did a good job with like this SWAT team and eventually went on to become a marshal and uh moved to New Mexico to find uh and start a family and everything yeah, okay. and eventually married and and became brother-in-law with Walter White. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 100%. I love that. Yep. The helicopter guy, his actual face, that actual guy is the actual helicopter stunt guy who did all that oh, and so shit. in this later scene where when the helicopter's chasing them when it's a t-1000 and it goes under the bridge that's him they actually flew that helicopter yeah. under the bridge and it's that guy it's so it's super cool it's like they got a damn minigun down there like his, he's a good actor like, and he's a great helicopter flyer yeah. uh i i was trying Pilot. to find things to pick apart in this movie many times throughout the whole thing one of them was when the hell he's flying that t-1000's flying the helicopter he starts shooting like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you got to have a one hand on one, one hand right. on the other. You can't. And then if sure enough, they show the shot where he's regenerated multiple arms. He's got, have you seen that? Yeah, four arms. He has even four arms. Yeah. He has one, one on the right hand on the stick, left hand on the control. And then he's got two other arms that are like shooting guns. No yep. shit. Yep. I was ready to just be like, hold up a second. Wait. Nope. They did it. How it's unbelievable. Insane. Did I not see that? It was so cool. Those are the types of details that happen in this that they don't they don't n want to allude to. They yeah. don't care about it. They're going to let you they're going to let you gloss over them. Yeah. You know what? Cuz I know you're going to go back and watch this movie again and eventually you'll probably see it, you yeah. know? That's that's the kind of detail in this movie that is just phenomenal. Once the like the helicopter kind of crashes onto the onto the truck itself or whatever, yeah. Arnie does like a fast and furious, <laughs> climbs up onto the thing, just caps him like Oh, dude. 
a million times and then takes off again. It's like that's pretty much what Vin Diesel did in his, <laughs> well, he, his whole team. Well, he's family now, so yeah, that's he true. did he did a <laughs> hell of a lot better than Vince did. Did you see him? He had no hesitation. He climbed from that truck onto that freaking semi front and just just unloads onto him. And honestly, it was to the point that's I thought it was shot. pretty fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fact that he just got up there and just unloads into this guy. And like they can't go anywhere. Just rocking this dude. And then he just then he just jumps over the like the zero hesitation is what makes it so funny. Then he breaks the window, grabs the wheel, yanks it, and just decides so to cool. take him for a ride. So cool. And I'm like, that is the most badass thing. And I also just think it's the one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's it's awesome. The whole liquid nitrogen scene is super cool when like the the whole truck just crashes and mm. cracks in half and I guess freezes liquid metal. Like I, I guess that's what, that's a thing. That's what we're doing now. Yeah. But that whole those whole effects are so cool. The they used real amputees to do some of the shots. That's right. But it's super cool. They buried him in the ground, and and just like the power of uh, effects and editing, it just looks so seamless. It really does. It's crazy. That from there through the end of this movie is just like, there's nothing wrong. It's just there's so good. Wrong. It's really great. It's so great, and it's so intense, and it never stops. You're like, God, how are they ever going to beat this guy? At that point, well, why doesn't he just go Alex Mack and just be the puddle guy the whole time, and then they can't see him? That way, that way he could just kind of fl- be puddly. <laughs> He'd just be puddly, and then he'll just <laughs> then he could just crawl on top of John Connor and get him. You know, just, just fucking get <laughs> just him. Get him. Um, you got you. The last the last thing is apparently uh, this this messed with him. You know, there's there's several scenes like when he gets his arm caught in the gear, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, and so you people are. We're talking about how um, he's like phasing, like you see the metal like phase over him and everything. So actually, another deleted aspect of this was after the freezing, he was malfunctioning, and so he was taking on when he would touch things, he was taking on those yes. characteristics yes. like some sort of chameleon, like when he touch a railing and it made turn the same colors, or like his feet would like meld with the the ground. They said it was a new prototype, like Correct. the T-1000. It wasn't fully like, wasn't yeah. we know how to use this. Right. And you notice how he was so f- fast and runny at the beginning, and he very rarely ran towards the end. Like he, that right. really fits into that. Very really Michael does. Myers at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I really wish they would have kept that aspect in there to be honest, but but that that whole phasing, you see like the metal like drifting up him or whatever. Like uh, it's it's a it's his he's resetting. Wow, that's what he's doing. He's resetting every time that happens, um, and that's also how John actually notices that that's not the real Sarah Connor. Right, um, is because he notices his feet melding with the ground, uh. and that was the final note that he jumped out of the way. But they cut all that out. And you only see the little metal face. You don't. You don't need that. But you that don't is so need it. Cool, it is really cool. And yeah. it was some really, really great special effects to <laughs> the, it. The that, team that, that just, did it. They're like, you <laughs> gotta be kidding me. <laughs> they're like, yeah, exactly. They they cut out like we put. We spent fucking forty hours on yeah, it. We put your names in the credit. We that gave was you my a Oscar. That was, <laughs> <laughs> it's my life's work. Even makeup was pissed because his hand was colored like some sort of like freaking. Oh my like, god! Special effects candy. Sp- cane. Spent three hours on I that. Spent dude. three hours on that hand. The last thought I tried to have on this yeah. was I was like, well, if they killed the T-1000, yeah. then doesn't that mean that, like, Skynet never happened? And, like, 
because they saved John Connor. I was like trying to go down this time travel wormhole and I couldn't, my brain wouldn't wrap around it because there's so many variables. It's impossible, but man. But the, one, get into the one thing I thought let's real quick, yeah, let's just let's let's spend, keep going. Let's spend a lot of time. I'll on. spend one second on this. <laughs> I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to show that it, that it is indeed still going to happen. Okay. Is that uh, part of the Terminator's gear was stuck in the, or his arm was stuck in the gear. Right. And they didn't destroy that. Right. So maybe that gear there was found and continued. Yep. There's also a weird theory that that the machines in the future, uh, Skynet, is continuing. It's like an infinite loop. They keep Correct. sending something back in time right. to advance, to leave more evidence and create more turmoil so that things happen faster right. in the yeah. future. They create... They, they start the technology sooner in life and then it creates that sooner for them. Yes. It gives them more, they can evolve faster to have more time. Yeah. It's kind of risky though, because if if they're like, if they're, you know, there's Dyson, you know, Uh, like what if, I mean, they did kill Dyson, I guess, but like, it's, you know, that's risky. If they didn't saying that it's going to happen no matter what, they're just making it faster. Right. Cause like the, Hey, the future, like I have going to happen. I've got one more on that. And it's, it's the idea that I, I heard that the movies are actually in reverse order. I have, yes. Did you read that one? Did. did you hear about that? Like, so the movies. Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about it? Uh, <laughs> I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so, but the movies are happening in essentially reverse order that the very, what whatever was the most yeah, recent whatever. movie. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of them, guys. Dark Fate. Um, yeah. And whatever the most recent movie is, is actually the first time they ever sent anything back in time to try to resolve this. And so they are changing. And so they are technically changing everything. But now, if you look at the first one, that's the last time they tried to do it because it would have been as they're just trying to get further and further out so there's less and less wow. resistance so it's a weird it's a weird concept nope. man and then doc brown shows doc up. brown i've got <laughs> i've got two theories that i'm going to save for other movie episodes that will tie other movies into the terminator I'm okay not gonna okay. dive into that now okay Look at that. Because I'm going to save them. Planting that seed. You're leaving that little robotic arm and a gear, aren't you? Which means whatever my next couple movie suggestions are are ones I'm trying to get the Terminator robotic arm into. (laughs) Respect. (laughs) So Rad is next from 1986, you guys. BMX movie. (laughs) Uh, I just have to say the the last, when, when they do drop the dude in the lava, uh, the last like Marilyn Manson looking effect, like with the with the mouth, like the tongue coming out and the face turning into something else. It looks super fucking cool. I think yeah. that's the coolest CGI effect that I that's in the movie, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what can you say? Like the ending of this movie is pretty perfect. Yeah. It's you know, if it would have ended like any like happier, you would have probably been disappointed. This yeah. is the right way to end this movie. It's a that, melancholy way to end yep, it. Yep, that thumbs up at the end just no one's was gonna just, ever know. Oh man, just a absolute stamp on that movie, mm-hmm. man. I need a vacation. I need a vacation. <laughs> oh, I need a vacation. <laughs> well, is that is that all you got? Should we that, should we give this a futuristic there's, rating? There's so much to this movie, man. We have to end it here. I know. Okay. Yeah, it's just time to cut it off. Well, we did the scene by scene breakdown. Now we like to tell you what our modern day ratings are. Strip away the nostalgia. AJ, you went first, man. What are you gonna rate this movie? This was a toughie. Um but rewatching this movie, um, and I, like I've said in previous uh, cap offs, um, I love movies where I can go back and find more interesting things um, and keep kind of rekindling these uh, fun times. 
Um, like I say, I got to rewatch it with my dad and we were both just still like enthralled by this movie, you know, and like there's so few movies, movies that can do that for you mm-hmm. in, 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 I think in life. And, um, and this is definitely one of them and rewatching, I, I've, I, maybe, maybe it's because I did get a little bit of the extended cut, but, uh, rewatching it and having fun with it. I'm actually going to go, uh, just a little bit higher, uh, at a 9.6. Nine point six. What about you, Sean? I uh, <clears throat> like the, like I've said in the beginning of this episode. Like I have to admit, it's it's one of my top five favorite movies of all time, and we've done my favorite movie of all time, and that's a ten out of ten. And so this has to be in the nine area. Uh, it like all the effects still hold up, man. Like some of the CGI is obviously like a little dated from what we have now. Like everything can't be uh, Godzilla vs Kong, you know. Um, that is light years beyond what what I assume. Terminator two could have imagined to do, uh, but for CGI and, and ILM of uh, effects like that, this was like the first thing and people say Jurassic park is, but like, this is like what kicked it off and, and made it like a possibility and a tool. Um, so for that aspect, uh, I love it. And the, the, where it combines, uh, practical effects as well, uh, is just incredible. I'm an, I'm an, you know what? I'm a 9.6 too. Nine point six two. All right, Michael, <laughs> you got it. Nine point six as so well. Traditionally, I am I am usually a little lower than you guys because I try to make my comparison my numbers based on other past movies. You know, like I don't want to be like, well, this is a nine point six. If if like my I think my highest rated movie was like Days and Confused. I'm like I I still like Days and Confused better, so I have to be re, re, I have to stay with that. But like for me again, I hadn't really like seen it until recently until recent couple years and this is an unbelievable movie never ending thriller i i really liked it this time around like it almost was contradictory to what i felt like they were trying to get at in the movie where i was like fucking no nuke us we suck humans are terrible (laughs) yeah literally get rid of us yeah i was almost feeling that way watching this movie like man like no uh, why we never learn, you know, it's in your nature to destroy yourself. That's Correct. what Arnold says. Yes, nature. it is. And we still haven't learned and we're getting worse at it. Like I, I feel like in that way, there is fate and that we are going to fucking die from a nuclear Holocaust. And, and all we're doing is prolonging, <laughs> and all we're doing is prolonging it. But, but what a, what an unbelievable movie and what a cool way to think about that. So, I mean, for me, like this is one of my highest rated movies so far. I'm, I'm an 8.3. Nice. 8.3. Yeah, man. Okay. Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Absolutely means the world to have you here with us, uh, especially if you're new. We're, we're so happy to have you here. Tune in next Wednesday. We put an episode out every single Wednesday. We're going to discuss our top five fall movies. Yeah, dude. It's yeah. that time of year. And after spooky. that, it's spooky Halloween time. We got three scary seasonal Halloween flicks lined up for you. So we hope you'll continue hanging out with us every single Wednesday. One of them may be Under Scared Stupid. One of them may be Tremors. Uh, Tremors. One of them may be Nightmare on Elm Street. Go check out our Patreon about that? to not only vote for that, but to also listen to, we're going to do a one-year anniversary show that we're going to upload here after this just for Patreon members. And you can also get your name read on air. Here's a couple more Patreon people for you. Dane, Joel, Tony B, Jordan, Nick Marula, Alicia, Camden Griffith, Francisco Rivera, Cameron J, Kirlana, Big Big Andy, Bud Larson, Anita Richard, Brian... Brina, Brenda Meisner, Willie Cox III, Janelle Lewis, Joseph Thomas, Marshall G, Ryko Garrison, Mitch Cavanaugh, Ryan Carlton, Sean Dixon, Dana Dane, Josh Miller, Macy Connor, Jason Botsford, Stephen Moore, Chris Pryor, Zach Nelson, Paul Diaro, Jason Hahn, Buckaroo Bonsley, and Jeff Spencer. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs>
we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to figure out how to what? stop reading the names. But for now, that is a perk, you guys. So Man. we love you. Get the pharmaceutical drug read on you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for us. AJ, tell us how they can take us out of the whole thing, do that kind of thing. Thanks for listening, guys. The most important thing you can do right now is to follow us on social meds. The social media at Confused Breakfast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And if you're on Twitter, Confused Be Fast. You should also subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast platform of your choice that you're listening to on right now. Also, will you please visit our merch store? We please. have merch, you guys. Shirts, stickers, yeah. koozies. Go check them out at confusedbreakfast.bigcartel.com. And don't forget about our voicemail number. We want to hear from you. We want to hear those sexy voices. 319-804-9596. You can find links to everything at our website, confusedbreakfast.com. Tell your friends that's your mission this week. Get them Tell to do an episode. Guys, you can always find me anywhere on social media. It's AJ Venz, A-J-A-Y-V-E-N-S, anywhere on social media online. You can find me TikTok and Instagram, Sean Pryor 237 Goodbye. And I'm generally called Mikey Schulte on things, but sometimes I'm not. So you're just going to have to like click on the links and the things and yep. find us, okay? Yep. Got well, it. that's it for today's episode. Goodbye. Deuces. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.